Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting guest on the podcast. His name is Ben Weir, and he is with a unique caucus of the Libertarian Party. It's called the Emo Caucus. So welcome to the podcast, Ben. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you. So let's get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Sure. So uh, my name is Ben Weir, and I am a liberty activist in New Hampshire. Um, I have been a musician for a very long time. I started playing music when I was 11 years old. Um, And eventually, um, you know, as I got into adulthood, I actually started a band and uh, did quite a bit of touring with that um, for about eight years across the country. (laughs) And, you know, with that, you know, obviously the music scene is my passion. Uh, It's something I love very much and something I'm familiar with. Um, I've always used music as a political, um, a way to influence the culture uh, with politics and stuff. Huh. Um, and uh, that's kind of where I went to with the Emo Caucus, because people that enjoy uh, this style of music need a place to go that um, also kind of reflects a lot of their values, because a lot of people in the music scene are anti-government, or, you mm-hmm. know, at least, you know, push back against the government, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at today. I've also run for sheriff at one point. I'll probably oh, you did? Running. Yeah, so I stay pretty politically active. I'm a Second Amendment uh, ad, uh, activist as well, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Oh, cool. A lot of stuff to talk about today from your experiences. Yeah. I remember emo when I was a kid. I grew up a long time ago, I grew up in the 90s, and I remember emo, then I was into punk and some ska. Yeah. So emo, some of the young people may not know what emo is, so can you please explain it and describe it? Sure, yeah. Emo music is, uh, like, it's alternative rock music okay. that has more of an emotional appeal. So okay. it's, it's genre-wise, it definitely is, uh, a lot of people would have called it emo probably back in the day but there's a ton of emo music that doesn't have any screaming whatsoever um you know it's it's uh you know it's got a lot of punk influence um as well as pop influence and metal um okay. so it's kind of a combination of all of that um but ultimately it's just really it comes down to it's music that appeals to someone's emotional side so okay so it's especially emotional yeah Okay, I remember in music class, my music teacher back in seventh grade said all music is emotional, so emo music takes it to the next level, you'd say, right? I definitely would, yeah. Definitely uh, a good reflection of where somebody's at um, emotionally. Sure. So are your song lyrics political in nature, or do you stray away from that? Um, so my my band and my the project that I had was considered an emo punk band. Uh, so we did have a lot of music that involved like the emotional side of relationships, um, you know, stuff like that. But also, yeah, there's definitely uh, songs that we had that were politically motivated. 
um, okay. trying to get people to stand up for what they believe in. And, um, you know, if, uh, if you want to have peace, then sometimes you have to fight for it, you know, stuff like that. So. Oh, sure. So earlier you mentioned that a lot of musicians you found were anti-government. It seems to be a lot of people contribute music, especially certain types of music, to be rebellious. So do you think that is why it works so well, because music can be inherently rebellious and then people want to rebel against the government? I think so. I mean, so that's how I formed a lot of my political opinions when I was an early teenager was just through the punk bands that I listened to. Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of turned me into, you know, it formed a lot of my anti-authoritarian, um, you know, takes and stuff. And as I grew up, you know, I kind of, you know, I clung to that message and really amplified it in my lifestyle, to be honest. Um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, rebelling against authority, um, not just going along with the status quo, et cetera. Um, sure. You know, punk rock really was a countercultural, it, it's a countercultural movement. So, you know, whatever the, the thing is at the time that everyone's raving about, you know, it's standing up against that and being an individual. It really is about individuality, which is, uh, you know, why I think, punk rock and libertarianism go so well together. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so. So if you care to share, would you tell our audience some of the bands you grew up listening to that were punk? Yeah, I mean, my favorite band of all time is called MXPX, um, but I also oh. do a lot of, uh, like, Sum 41, No Effects, Anti-Flag, um, you know, I, I listen to 80s rock, you know, you've got Queen and uh, all that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a broad, I, I've listened to like quite a broad spectrum of stuff, and obviously there's, you know, more poppy, pop-punk stuff, you know, like <laughs> Simple Plan, stuff like that, uh, but uh, like Good Charlotte, I love Good Charlotte, uh, there's a band called Showbread that I, I love so much, I just, you know, I just saw them last Friday in Alabama, so yeah, it's 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 kind of all over the place, but my I'd say mostly true punk rock is where I got my my start. Oh, cool. So, did you say when you started the caucus? So the caucus actually started last uh, last May. Um, oh my! I was in Reno for the National Libertarian Party convention. Um, and uh, I I saw that there was a lot of cool caucuses out there. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, why not have one that's music guided? Because in my opinion, uh, you know, if if the party or if the liberty movement would like to impact the culture, I don't think it's going to happen as much politically. I think it's going to happen through art and through music. Because that's... Interesting. That's where a lot of us get our political views is through the music we listen to, whether, sure. whether we want that or not. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to basically bring that mentality uh, into the party and welcome it into a new atmosphere that, you know, people maybe really haven't thought of before. But really, if we want to win as liberty act activists, we need to have uh, art and music 
um, amplifying this message too because that's what gets it out to the biggest audience. Interesting perspective. Yeah. Thanks. So how about the Libertarian Party in general? When did you join that? Uh, I want to say it's probably been like at least five years that I've been okay. a part of um, as a member. I mean, I voted Libertarian since I was voting age, and I'm 34 now, so it's been a while. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, in terms of actually being active, it, it was, it's been like four or five years. Um, I started out actually in California with the Libertarian Party of California. Um, I worked, I was on the board for LP Sacramento. I helped California as kind of a, I wasn't an official Northern coordinator for California, um, but I basically took over that role out there, um, trying to activate the Northern third of the state with uh, affiliates and stuff like that. So, you know, I've, I've stayed pretty active there. And then I moved to New Hampshire with the Free State Project. And, um, you know, when I got here, I pretty much got involved right away. I I was an events coordinator for a Senate campaign for the LP. And wow. I also uh, decided right away to run for sheriff, my county sheriff position, which is an elected, elected role here. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's... I, I don't know. I, I've stayed probably way too busy, but um, it's been good. Yes, it sounds exciting. So, Sheriff, yeah. so what you said, was that in New Hampshire where you ran for Sheriff? Where was that? Yeah, that's here in New Hampshire. Um, okay. It was uh, in for Merrimack County. Okay. Yeah. So, so there you, so you're not a law enforcement officer, are you? Correct. No, I've, I, I have uh, really no interest in being uh, a police officer, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, but, it's not um, very libertarian. No, it's not. Uh, but I do bring about, uh, like, a, a, you know, a different perspective on all of this. And, um, you know, I was an economics major in college, so I really understand oh. the fiscal side of things. Um, but okay. also, um, in terms of, you know, I stand up, you know, for... Second Amendment rights and free speech, and in my opinion, um, you know, we have a lot of battles we need to face in the world, right? Um, not necessarily all physical battles, but uh, you know, you know, we're talking about like war overseas and stuff. And obviously, I'm an anti-interventionist guy, but we have a war in our own backyards, and that is the law enforcement that are the boots that are, you know, enforcing unjust, unconstitutional laws. Um, and, uh, you know, my campaign was basically uphold the constitution. Uh, you know, that's, that was my motto, deputize everyone. You know, that was another saying I had, but, deputize um, everyone. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it came down to, you know, there's certain things that I, you can do as a sheriff. And one is you don't have to have your, uh, the officers enforce unjust laws so wow you know in terms of uh um you know we or or victimless crimes you can pretty much eliminate any arrest that might be involved from that wow um, uh you can end civil asset forfeiture you can um you can uh end qualified immunity essentially um and you can. no warrants uh, you know, in terms of 
mental health issues, police officers obviously have, um, they, a lot of these guys do put their life on the line sometimes, and that messes with people's heads. You know, the more you do that, the more, uh, you know, they're, it's kind of ingrained into them over time because a lot of these guys have been in the force for years. Yeah. And they don't have mental checks in, in place with the sheriff's department or, or police departments in general. Um, so these guys, you know, they go home, they beat their wives, they have unjust shootings, they'll shoot your dog. And it, it all, like all these bad decisions that are made by police officers, they all come down to a lack of a mental, a healthy me- mental state. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, um, I don't know, it's been, it's been a great journey. Like I, I, it was a three-way race in my county, um, you know, Republican, Democrat, and then I ran as a Libertarian. Um, and I ended up getting about 12% of the vote, which was great for me. Um, but this next election cycle, I'll probably run again. And I do for have sheriff again? Support. Yeah. I do have a lot of support with that. And I, don't, I, I do think I have a good shot at potentially winning. Um, it's it's going to be a hard race, though. So I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to pour everything I have into it. Um, but, yeah. So it's, it's been good. I mean, I, I, I've never been in law enforcement. I have no interest in being a police officer or telling people how to live their lives. But I do think that um, something that's very desperately needed is that we don't have, uh, like, a, any kind of check in place. Um, there's, there's nobody that can look at this from an outsider's perspective because a lot of people who are elected to that position – I've been in law enforcement for 20 or 30 years already yeah. and have a blind spot to a lot of these things. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my motivation behind it. And so far it's been good. Um, and yeah, I'm looking to keep it going hopefully next year. So. Yeah, that's exciting. The way you described it, it's great because it shows a person how much difference they can make in a local office. If you can not, enforce all these unjust laws, that's major accomplishment and makes the world a better place. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes it will make my county the uh safest and freest county in the entire country if I was elected. So <laughs> we could be an example um to the entire country and really the world on what um what libertarianism what what libertarian policing is supposed to look like and what a sure. what a county my county is huge. It's the biggest county in the state of New Hampshire. So it wouldn't be a small change. It's not like I'm living out in the rural areas of the state. Um, you know, I have the capital city is in my backyard, basically. So um, okay. it would be a pretty substantial change for everybody. Um, and I would just have to make sure I did a good job at that. And, uh, you know, took it seriously and made sure, you know, I'm uh, being a good example for the rest of the country because I'll have all eyes on me, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. So you mentioned that you ran you ran a campaign for somebody for Senate. So can you please yeah. tell us how that was and what you learned from that experience? Yeah, sure. I, I was uh, helping as an events coordinator for Jeremy Kaufman's campaign, um, and that was good. I mean, I kept him really busy. You know, we had an event every, like, two to three weeks, Um you know, a lot of, like, just kind of meet and greet at local pubs. We mm-hmm. had 
also some, um, you know, a shooting day, which was really fun, where we went out and there was like 45, 50 people that came out to a, a gun range that is owned by a free stater here. Um, hmm. And, uh, you know, we just had fun. We'd shoot things and, um, yeah, it, it was it was a good time. You know, we had uh, we we had a lot of fun with that. And unfortunately, obviously, Senate candidates that are running third party don't typically get a huge substantial portion of the vote. But I think we were able to get like three percent, which was sad. But yeah, it's acceptable. Uh, yeah, it it just sucks. You know, running third party that's kind of what you have to expect most of the time if you're running for a national race like that. It shouldn't yeah. be that way, but um. You know, hopefully we can take all these things into perspective going forward and, um, you know, just keep keep growing. Really, that's what it comes down to. So, Sure. So you mentioned free staters. I, I imagine people who are involved in the Libertarian Party are very active. Many are active in that, and at least they're familiar with that. If somebody's not involved in the Libertarian Party and they're listening, could you briefly describe what the free staters are? Yeah, Free State Project is a concept that came about um, probably like 20 years ago. Um, and basically the idea was uh, take the libertarians, um, people who love liberty and love personal freedom, and try to concentrate them and put them all in one place. Um, mm. And there was a, a debate whether where to put the Free State Project, and the guy who founded FSP uh, chose New Hampshire, for, in my opinion, great reasons. Um, but, yeah, the Free State Project is basically the idea of libertarian concentration, creating a libertarian homeland where hmm. uh, people who love freedom and love their personal freedom uh, can come and they can fight for it on a local level and really make a huge political difference. Um, and the reason that works so well here is because, um, like, I'm not really sure – uh, how many uh, how many state representatives are in Texas? Um, I'm pretty sure it's I don't know. It's got to be close to a hundred in Texas. Yeah, yeah, we have a big population. Yeah, it's a big population. Uh, so a hundred. And, and what's like? What is the population of Texas? Let's say like uh, it was. I'm, I'm kind of typing it in. So you have 29.15 million people in Texas. Now split that up between 100 representatives. Obviously, that leaves you with one representative for 290,000 voters, right? Yeah, something like that. Sure. We have 400 state reps. And our population is... Uh, a little bit less than 2 million, and to be exact, um, it is 1.38 million. So if you divide that by 400, you have much better representation per person, and that means your politics are going to be much more localized. Um, And because of the fact that the vast majority of these representatives are not based in a city um, or a college town, they're in rural areas that really appreciate their freedom and not paying taxes and lack of government agencies. Um, that means that there's a lot of people that are loving freedom. Um, we actually have 40 state reps right now that are elected that call themselves libertarians. They ran as Republicans. Oh. 
but they call themselves libertarians. Like, these are Ron Paul libertarians, so they're very solid and principled people. Hmm. Uh, you know, and, and uh, we even had our first state senate uh, free stater elected this last year, which oh. was a huge accomplishment. Um, and we've been able to, like, these representatives are putting forward some incredible bills. Like, we have the Defend the Guard bill, which has a very good chance of moving. It's bipartisan in New Hampshire. So uh, I think that that's probably going to pass the state at, at the very least. Um, and then we have, you know, like last year, they passed a bill to basically nullify all federal gun laws. So if the, mm. the federal government said you can't have AR-15s or 30-round magazines, New Hampshire does not have to enforce that. Um, so, you know, we, we're already kind of a step ahead of the rest of the country with that, where we can basically dictate our own laws when it comes to firearm rights, which is great. Yeah, that's unprecedented. Yeah, and it's, it's, in my opinion, I contribute a lot of that success to the Free State Project and bringing libertarians and people who love freedom to this state. Because there's already been so many movers here that have gotten involved politically. Like, I'm one of them, you know. Like, I moved here oh. literally a year and a half ago, and I've already run a, a, my own campaign because I moved here with the intent of taking human action and taking political action. You know what I mean? So, sure. And so, good. what activities? I'm sorry, that yeah, go ahead. Oh, I just said it's been good. Oh, good. Yeah, that sounds like you're in the place you need to be. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I found you through Facebook. Your caucus has a web page. What activities does the Emo Caucus do? So. So far, we have mostly just done, um, like, I, I did, like, an emo karaoke night. Uh, oh. And I also did uh, an actual emo night at Porkfest, which is a huge festival. Um, and that was a great time. Uh, you know, we had, we had fun with that. Going forward, I'm planning to do a lot of tabling at conventions next year. Uh, okay. and probably going out to music festivals. Um, and such. Um, so I'll do that. I'm definitely going to host a bunch of emo nights and probably some punk rock karaoke mm. type stuff. Uh, you know, just stuff to get people involved. And, and um, you know, it doesn't have to be focused necessarily on um, all libertarian stuff, but, you know, get people who love liberty in the same place as people who just love music and conversation yeah, yeah. will you know what I mean? That's that's how it starts. So, yes, that sounds innovative. I've not heard of punk rock as a form of karaoke. A lot of other music types are not punk rock. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's like a blast. Obviously, that's kind of my my niche a little bit. But um, you know, I think it's definitely a good time, and um, yeah, it's a good thing to do. So, excellent. So how can our audience support your caucus, whether they're in your area or whether they're not in your area? So um, next year, the conventions I'm going to will be um, in several states across the country. Um, so I will be traveling a little bit with this. Um, mm -hmm. So if you want to follow that, um, Facebook is the best place to find it. Um, you know, okay. I have a, a group on Facebook and a Facebook page called the Libertarian Party Email Caucus. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at the emo ancap. Um, that is a great place to find me. I'm pretty active on Twitter. 
Um, I'm also active on Facebook, obviously, if you find me, Ben Weir. Um, and I'd be happy to have some conversations and get you involved. I'm going to be putting together a street team so that we can go out, you know, and I'm, I don't have to be the only person doing it. You know, we can go out to, you know, events like local music concerts and hand out mm-hmm. business cards, flyers, uh, and point people in the direction of liberty just by being friendly and giving them a business card. That's all you have there to you do. There you go. So, there you go. Yeah. Just taking, uh, taking human action and putting one foot in front of the other. That's all it takes. All right. I, I intend to get those links into the show notes so our audience can click on those if they like, when they like. Awesome. All right, Ben, we thank you for coming on the podcast today and talking about your innovative caucus and your interesting experience with the Libertarian Party and activism. Thank you, sir. I'm so, uh, very thankful for being here and, uh, you know, I appreciate you letting me get the word out and, um, yeah. Sure thing. So we wish you all the best in your political endeavors and all your personal and professional endeavors as well. Thank you. All right. Take care and all the best.